Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast where two friends sit down and talk about music. Usually one of us gives the other one a record to listen to and we sit down and dissect it and go through it, what we like and what we don't like. This episode is going to be a little bit different. We have, in the past, talked about uh, focusing on one band and doing a, a little little mini-sode or episode, and uh, we we just haven't fallen on a cert- specific uh, band at all yet, but we did this time. Uh, we have also spent some time in a couple episodes, if you've listened to us in the past, where we... Uh, we give a little shout out and rest in peace to artists who's passed away. Uh, DJ K Slay and Taylor Hawkins, uh, two examples of that. Um, and this episode in of itself is going to be kind of one of those. So this episode, we're going to talk about the Black Dolly murder and Trevor Sternad, uh, the vocalist who has recently passed away. It's it's been it's been a couple weeks at this point, uh, but that's been just enough time for for me personally to get a handle on things and uh, sit down and and discuss. So I'm Scott. I didn't introduce myself at the top. <laughs> just kind of dove into it. I'm Scott. I'm here with my friend Brand. Uh, how's it going, man? It's going. Uh, just back from vacation, so I'm glad that I'm coming back from a wonderful experience. To just we're gonna bring ourselves down, I guess. One hundred percent about some, but we're also gonna try to you know celebrate the life as opposed to more in the death. Is For what sure, we're gonna attempt to do. We're gonna I don't try. know if we're gonna we're we're gonna accomplish it, but we're gonna try. I don't usually get there, but but we'll give it a shot. Um, so I'll try my best to keep it there. Okay, you'll you'll be the uh, the other the other side of the teeter totter on this one. Yeah, I will try. I will try to bring some levity into this. I guess. I mean, not not necessarily humor, but I don't want us to fall into a deep hole. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. And I'm I'm gonna try to keep us out of the deep hole as as far as my end too. But uh, it hits a little closer to home for me. Yeah, of course, which I guess means I should start off because I don't know if I could <laughs> or want to follow up 
what you have. So I guess I'll just briefly talk about how I became aware of Black Dahlia Murder. Yeah. There was a compilation CD-DVD combo put out by the conjunction of Sub Pop, Hopeless Records, and Hot Topic. Oh, wow. In 2006, this thing came out. Okay. By the way, I did more research trying to find what this exact, like, DVD-CD combo was than I've done for any episode. (laughs) I... I had to like remember each individual video and type them all in to see where they were connected somewhere. And oh wow, that's what I found it. It was called Metal Equals Life Volume Two. Oh okay. So as as you know, when I saw that, I bought it. Immediately. That was it. Yeah. And it's a double CD album. And just running down some of the names on the CDs, it this looks like every CD I had basically at the time. <laughs> God forbid, human abstract, bleeding through, Azalea dying, in flames, evergreen terrace, bloodline calligraphy, goat whore, misery index, every time I die, escape the fate, Chiodos, drop dead gorgeous, under oath, autumn offering, converge. I mean, it's just yeah, goes wow. on. Heavy, heavy, low, low, devil wears Prada, haste the day, first blood. Like it is just insane. Yeah. But then after you get past the CDs, like the two CDs, there was another CD of there's another DVD of just music videos. Oh, okay. And on the music videos, first one is God Forbid to, uh, to the Fallen Hero. Second one is Human Abstract. And I, have you listened to the Human Abstract? Not that I know of. Okay, I might have to write those down because their first album was kind of mind-blowing. Okay. And I, I, think, I think you may like them. Then we had Bleeding Through, Azalea Dying, In Flames, Evergreen Terrace. Fun fact, this Evergreen Terrace track, New Friend Request, is the moment i fell in love with breakdowns <laughs> like i i i knew when i heard that i said i'm not entirely sure what this is but i know i need more of it in my life <laughs> but it is special yes and then it continues through misery signals parkway drive every time i die the very last video on the dvd is for a band called the black dahlia murder mm-hmm. and it is for miasma and even compared to some of these bands that are unbelievably heavy and and technical, Miasma blew me away following all of them because it was just so vicious. Mm-hmm. And I have heard, I, I obviously heard the name Black Dolly Murder, but I never like listened to them until I saw this video. Sure. And once I saw the video, it was game over for me. It was, yeah, this, this is, this is something that I am heavily, heavily interested in. Yeah. So Miasma was their second album. Second album? Or yeah. So I listened to Miasma, then I went back and listened to their first album, Unhollowed, yeah. which I really liked. Followed it through to their third album, Nocturnal. Nocturnal. Mm-hmm. I really liked Nocturnal. And then I don't know what happened because Deflore came out and I liked it, but I, I just kind of lost touch of them. I don't know if I. I think when did DeFlore come out? Like 2009? Yep, 2009. Yeah, I think around that time I had just finished like illegally downloading thousands and thousands <laughs> of music of things. Yeah. And then I was just like, okay, I think I'm set for music for a while. Right. Because I think I wasn't listening to a lot of new stuff after that. Mm-hmm. So then I don't think I ever listened to, uh, I might not have listened to anything except. I think I dabbled in their last record, Verminous, Verminous that you t- that, that you, you were about. stoked about. I think yeah. I, yeah, I think I listened to that and really enjoyed it. But they they were just always one of those bands that 
they were always like they toured with Cannibal Corpse. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that put them on my radar a lot. It was during the 25th anniversary of Metal Blade, I believe. Are they still on Metal Blade? I'm not sure. I think so. Oh, their Wikipedia says they are. Yeah. Which means they've been on Metal Blade their entire, their entire career? career. Yeah. That's wild. I also didn't know Metal Blade was an independent record label. I was. Uh, I would have sworn. I would have sworn that they were bought up by somebody. I never That's really crazy. thought about it. I guess so. Part of me thinks, yeah, they're independent, but then part of me also thinks they're not owned by a parent company. Uh, Metal Blade is a heavy metal independent record label founded by Brian Slagle in '82. Oh wow! Good for Metal Blade. Yeah, for real. I believe I caught the end of a Black Dahlia Murder set at uh, Ozfest '08. Okay. If that's a possibility. I know I caught it the end of their set at some point because it was it was between them or somebody else that I wanted to see. And I can't remember who the other band was. And the other the other the other band was like huge for me at the time. Oh, sure. So then I saw them and then ran back and tried to catch a little bit. And I, and I caught a little bit of them and I regretted not seeing their whole set. Yeah. <laughs> I really did because it was it seemed like just such a manic time. Just it's, such a ferocious experience their show is crazy i mean their their music is crazy like it's true their music is not something that i can listen to a lot sure like this morning i tried i tried throwing just a shuffle of their discography on Mm -hmm. and i was just at a certain point i was like i don't i don't need all this right (laughs) i need a bit of a break (laughs) because it give me some selena gomez there's so much energy (laughs) i'll always take selena gomez there's so much energy in it and there's so much technicality in it that it's hard to not focus on it. Yeah. And, but but when you focus on it, it is something to behold. Yeah. But yeah, so like I said, the the compilation, CD, DVD, I think the CD also had the same, yeah, the CD also had Miasma on it. Um, I believe that might have also been my introduction to Every Time I Die because the new Black was on there also. Oh, okay. It's also weird seeing this like track list and some of these bands that I don't ever remember seeing one thing from, but I've <laughs> definitely heard one track. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know who, I don't know who the lone wolf and cub is. Ooh. I don't know a love for enemies. No. Uh, the warriors, but like not, it's like the sixth version of them because I'm looking at this on Discogs. Uh, all I can think of when you say the warriors is the eighties movie. Or the 70s movie, I think. Warriors <laughs> come out to play. I wish I had two glasses to be clinking together. <laughs> and uh, yeah, don't know who Demetrius is. Don't know who Seamless is. Don't know who the 8th Imperial is. And there's some stuff on here that I didn't like then that I definitely liked later. Like, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't fuck with this Chiodos in 06. Right. No, I, I don't know. Okay. If if I fucked with the Jodos, I'm pretty sure I did not fuck with Escape the Fate No Six. I was too <laughs> I was listening to too, too much heavy shit No Six. Right. I've never disliked anything I've ever heard from Black Dolly Murder. I've always enjoyed the albums I've listened to, which I still I think they're still on my giant iPod that is still in my <laughs> car. That whenever my phone decides it doesn't want to do something, that gets plugged in. There you go. And and all of them up to Deflorator on there, and they're they're always welcome in a playlist. Yeah. But you have a much more personal and closer connection 
to the band and uh, the man himself. So if you will, I'm just going to sit back <laughs> and by all means, take all the time you need. Sure. Uh, I'm not going to start off by saying like we were really good friends or anything like that um, because th- we weren't. Uh, but in 2000, 2001, I went to Oakland University. Uh, that's where I met my wife. That's where I met a bunch of friends I still have to this day. Um, it is also where I met Trevor Sternad. Um, ended up taking a bunch of just regular classes, you know, English, math, whatever. Um, also got placed into American government. And first day of class, I walk in and it's a bunch of like not people I would have hung out with from looks alone, right? Um, but there was this one guy sitting in the back of the class, short, dark hair, nerdy glasses like I had, and tattoos on his uh, tattoos on his arm of like straight razors and needles. And if if you really want to know what it looks like, you can look it up online. Every picture of him has it in there. This was pre heartburn tattoo though. <laughs> he was he was not shirtless. Um but he was wearing a band t-shirt. Now my memory is pretty hazy when it goes back 20 plus years, so I'm not sure what band it was, but I can guarantee it was either a punk band or a metal band and I came walking in with most likely cargo shorts and a punk band t-shirt. Uh Walked over to him and I was be like, can I sit here? And he was like, yeah. Shook my hand, said, I'm Trevor. Said, I'm Scott. And and that was that was just the beginning. Uh, sat down, talked about music. Um, he was really into anything I was willing to talk about. Be it punk or metal or anything. He just, he just knew music. And being a punk kid uh, from the same town. We were both from Waterford. Uh, We just got along. He, he went to a different school than I did. He went to public school. I went to Catholic school. Um, And I think he was a year older than me, Um, but we ended up in the same class. And uh, yeah, from there it was just cool to hang out with somebody that I hadn't met that wasn't like tied to any of my other friends. Like it was just, it was meeting a new friend. Um, and we had a lot, a lot in common. And um, throughout that semester, we talked during class, probably when we shouldn't have, we'd make stupid jokes, probably when we shouldn't have. Uh, and then after class, you know, if Emily was in her class and I didn't have to work, we'd hang out outside uh, just talking and uh, it was super cool. And um, it was right when he started the band. Um, and it was funny because uh, he was talking about starting this death metal band. And I told him, yeah, I played guitar, uh, but I was shitty. And uh, he he joked about it. And then he was like, um, well, I'm, I'm thinking about starting like this 20 person uh, music collective 
that we could start up and I think it'd be super crazy. And, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll get all these people together and we'll just mess around and like, maybe you could play the theremin or something. And, uh, it was just, it was just this, this funny joke that we joke about and like try to come up with band names. And it was like, right when, man, when did Slipknot get big? I can't remember when their self-titled came out. It was right around there. Like Slipknot was kind of a big thing and they were like the biggest band at the time. Like number wise, they had nine members and, uh, he was like, yeah, I'm going to get 20 people together and we're all going to do this. And then we joked about having like five different drummers and shit. And yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. June 29th, 1999 was when self-titled came out. Okay. So yeah, like a year before a year or two before. So they were just, they were gaining steam and yeah, they were blowing up, but yeah, it was, it was cool to talk to them and, and get to know them. And then once uh, that semester was over, we kind of went separate ways in life, of course, as a parent by him being in a pretty phenomenal death metal band and me. And you being a professional theremin player. <laughs> of course. Um, but before we had um, grown apart, he had told me the band name that he was starting. So the Black Dolly Murder. And I never saw them play in the early days like that, you know, um, stuff going on, new girlfriend, new job, new school, everything just being busy. But in 2003, when Unhallowed came out, I had heard about it from somewhere, no idea where, or maybe I just saw it at like Best Buy or something. And I picked it up and I was like, Black Dolly Murder, I know this band name. So I picked it up, uh, took it home, listened to it. Not my thing at the time. Not even going to lie. I'm, I was not the biggest fan <laughs> of the Black Dolly Murder. It was, they were a band that I just kept up with. Because like, I, I don't want to say like I felt this loyalty to you, picking you up a connection and it was it was interesting yeah that kind of connection is interesting like if you know somebody in the band even if it's not your thing it still gives you something to listen to them for as opposed to just a band that you you would hear them be like no connection all right whatever i don't know <laughs> yeah, right. yeah yeah i listened to that one record not a huge fan i i love it now but then i'd like every time i saw a record come out um I pick up the CD wherever I was. Uh, and then eventually I had found him on Facebook, I think. And I messaged him and I was like, Hey, um, you probably don't remember me. I'm Scott. I used to sit next to you in class at OU. I uh, just wanted to say that whatever record it was at the time, it was probably nocturnal or deflorate. Um, just want to say I picked it up and I liked it. You know, it was great. Like, and I see you're out touring. Like at the time, yeah, I think it was, he was on tour with Cannibal Corpse and they did all these, um, like those huge metal festivals over in Europe. Um, and so I just dropped him a line and, uh, not expecting anything back because I was just some freaking dude who sat next to him in class, you know? Um, mm -hmm. 
and uh, he got back with me. He got back to me, and we just started chatting, and um, it was it was just really cool, like reconnecting with an old friend kind of thing. And then I don't know throughout just just throughout time we'd reconnect every so often, and yeah, it was just, it, it's it's cool to look at. It's cool to cool to look at and see somebody that you used to know really be mm-hmm. successful in in what he loved, yeah. right? And to be to be appreciative of that for them, as opposed to the feeling that a lot of people will feel sometimes, which is like jealousy. Like that that's a big difference. Oh, yeah. I think no, that, that like you, you 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 recognized him doing what he loved to do, and you're like, that's awesome. Like I'm glad that dude is doing exactly what he wants to do. Yeah, yeah, I. I I definitely was not jealous of the time he had to spend on in vans and on buses in closed quarters with four other dudes that were sweaty and disgusting. <laughs> I was not jealous about that. Just to tie in our, I can t- I can work in, and this is me being a a uh, professional podcaster here. I can tie in two of our episodes at least to this in oh in January February oh eight the band embarked on a U.S. headlining tour. With Hate Eternal, Decrepit Birth, and Three Inches of Blood. Oh, there you go. That's cool. So that, that'd be a hell of a show to see. That would have been cool. And then to tie in a second one, they were on Hot Topics Summer Slaughter Tour with Cataclysm, Cryptopsy, Vader, Despised Icon, and Whitechapel. Oh, wow. So that would have been heavy, heavy Whitechapel in 08. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was definitely not the Valley <laughs> or the Kin. Man, metal band names are fun to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty wild. That, that's probably why Black Dahlia Murder was always like on my mind, too. Because, I mean, as a, you know, young kid who was interested in kind of serial killers and murderers. Yeah. Um, Black Dahlia Murder, seeing that as a band name, I was like, wonder what these guys are like. And then their music definitely sounded like kind of what I was anticipating it sounding like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I said, cool to see him doing what he loved. Um, and how many times did you see them live? I, I have only seen them once. And I, I, I mean, re- that's still, I regret it a lot right now. Um, yeah, obviously, but you at least got to see him once though. You got to yeah. think about it that way. Like you could have, you could have been waiting and be like, Oh, I'll see him. I'll see him. But you actually got to see them once. Right. Yeah. Uh, Actually, right when you dropped off <laughs> from listening to their new stuff is right around when oh, I saw okay. them. I saw them in 2012 uh, touring for their Ritual album. I'm looking at their discography here. And yeah. is Nocturnal not available on vinyl? It might not be. I've been looking for everything that I don't have. All of them have format and vinyls on all of them except for Nocturnal and and Verminous. It, ha- it says TBD, but Verminous. Don't you own Verminous on? Vinyl? I do. Yeah, I pre-ordered that thing. Yeah. So somebody needs to update this. Yeah. <laughs> this Wikipedia. Black Dahlia Murder as a band also they've had success. Like they're oh, all yeah. their albums since Unhollowed. Like starting with Miasma, they've been on the U.S. Billboard charts. Yep. Miasma at 118, Nocturnal at 72, Deflorate at 43, Ritual at 31, Everblack at 32, Abysmal 45, Nightbringers 35, and Verminous 99. Yeah. 
and my miasma was actually number one on the heat seekers chart which is pretty wild yeah number five on the u.s independent chart yeah yeah. That, that's when I learned that they were uh, that Metal Blade was an independent record label because mm-hmm. I didn't because I was like, hold on, <laughs> hold on a second. Yeah. And then we could go down like the the U.S. rock, the U.S. hard rock charts and stuff. Oh, yeah, I been... mean, they've always been on it. Like they're a successful band. Yeah. Yeah, they are. The one the one bummer from that being. It seems like with bands like Black Dahlia Murder. Even when you're that successful, you still are a working band. Like you oh, can't yeah. put an album out and sit back. Like you need to put an album. You need to tour. You need to do merch. You need to continue and continue to stay relevant. Yeah, which and is I, a bummer because these guys deserve to have lives, but the music is their lives. Yeah, and he's he's always talked about that in interviews. Um, I've read, listened to, and watched a lot in the last little bit. But he's always talked about how they they were a frugal band. Like they didn't spend money on guitar techs and drum techs or roadies or anything. They were moving cabinets themselves and setting up everything themselves, um, just to save save money. I guess they didn't care about the uh, the look as far as being like a big band, like getting having all this super big equipment and all this huge entourage working for them. Uh, they realized that when you're a working band and you want to make a living off of what you're doing and what you enjoy, uh, spending that kind of money isn't completely necessary, especially when you're splitting up the money five ways evenly. And that was something that they always did. Um, no matter what the switch over in the band was. Cause they've, they've been through a bunch of uh, guitarists. They've been through a bunch of bassists and drummers. Um, I think the only two original bandmates that were still in the band were Trevor and uh, Brian, their guitarist. Uh, everybody else, I, I believe has switched over. The, the timeline chart on Wikipedia makes it appear that, yeah, those are the two that have been the whole way through. Yeah. What was your, what's your favorite? Do you have a list of like your rankings of their albums or what was your favorite? Just one, maybe. Oh, my favorite one is Ritual, which was the one after Deflorate. Okay. Which I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I ever listened to it. That one, I, maybe that was when I think it really kicked in that I was digging the music with Ritual. Like up until that point, I listened to it. I liked it enough. But Ritual was one that I kept going back to and re-listening to. Actually, I really liked Deflorate, too. But Ritual was like, I don't know. There's something about that record that I really, really dig. Do you think it's because it's all tied together? Like, it's not just a bunch of metal songs on an album. Like, it's all... They're all tied to each other, basically. Because it looks like frontman Trevor said that Ritual was the most focused Black Dahlia murder strike of all time. Said the whole thread of songs is more tied together than ever before. Part of it was kind of like, what can we do that's the most Black Dahlia murder thing? What's going to be the quintessential Black Dahlia murder thing we can do? That's kind of what we set our foothold on. And in Ritual, it just lends itself to that. It's mysticism and magic and all of that. Everyone has an association with some kind of ritual, so we just thought it was the next logical step. Yeah, it's super good. Like it, it, it has my favorite Black Dahlia track on it. On Stirring Seas of Salted Blood. That one. Ritual of Condemnation. It's uh, 
it's got this feel to it that is really apparent if you listen to it. It's got this feel of uh, like being on a, an old Viking ship in the middle of a storm or something. Uh, there's this there's this part in the middle of the song where like the the song kind of drops out, but then all of a sudden you hear like uh, kind of like gang vocals going hey 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 like like they're um, rowing a ship or something yeah. like keeping time and it like there's this crazy drum beat in the back of it and it just I, I don't know it's it's a freaking great track okay. Think about it this way: if if we were doing a fantasy draft, okay, of of Black Dahlia Murder's discography, and I'll give you the first pick because I <laughs> I never listen to Ritual, so I'm so I'm not going to take it. Yeah, I would take for my pick, and I guess we'll just go back and forth. Sure, we we're not going to do yeah, Serpentine. Yeah. Um, you could take Ritual. Yep. I have to take Miasma. I have to. Damn it, that's what I'm going to take. <laughs> Damn. So then, what do you take? You, for you know, it's really funny. Like Trevor did his own ranking of these. Of, of the records, okay. I think it was when Abysmal came out, and Miasma is his least favorite. That's wild. Yeah, but I I could act, I do see that maybe that maybe that's why I fell off because I love Miasma so much, and then the albums did kind of pull away from that. Like they weren't that; they were something different. Yeah, they were more. I think maybe Miasma feels more like street level. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of the other stuff is like up in up in some like like 80th floor skyscrapers, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, All right, so I take Miasma. What do you take next? I would probably take Deflorate after that. Bitch. Sorry. From there, I, I have to take Nocturnal. Then, so I got 05 and 07. So what do you what are you taking then? What's that? Uh, I'd probably go. Oh man. I'd probably go with Verminous, actually. I really dig the newest one that they put out. I like all that atmospheric type stuff they put in, all the like the little rat noises and stuff, all the sewer sounding stuff that they put in there, and their their sound it like it's funny. Wasn't every there t- another rat based album that came out that time? Like what I don't there know. there was another Mm, it had like a throne of jaws on the front, like it was teeth. There was like a throne. Oh, I have no idea. You're the one that told me about it. I did. Um, yeah. It's, oh man, uh, it might not have been around the same time. It's um, um, it's, uh, gizzard lizard. Oh, King lizard. Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was, it was about a, it was like a rat. Yeah, you're right too. Wasn't yeah, it, it was. Uh... Okay. You had a rat summer. You were all into rats. I was. What was the name of that? I kind of want to see what I, I need to see if it came out the same time. Infe- actually, Infest the Rats Nest. That was the That's name of that. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a year? 2019. So yeah, it was the year before. Oh, okay, it was the year before. Yeah. So yeah, you, you you were real into rats. Uh, apparently. Um. Okay. But yeah, so uh, verminous so- for me. All right, and then I have to take the only other one I've heard. Yeah, that's, <laughs> which that's is the unhallowed. Problem. Yeah. Which- I'm, I'm welcome to take it, though, because I did enjoy it. It just wasn't, like I said, maybe if I wouldn't have heard Miasma first, I would have really been into them. But because yeah. I heard Miasma first, and I think it is different than the rest of them, because I, I, I liked them, but I think each album that came out, it was straying further from what I was into at the time. Sure. But now yeah, I, I think I, can, I could get into them and probably really turn a page. So, yeah. So then what are you taking next, then? Because then I got to pick one that i've never heard 
<laughs> uh, so we have Everblack, Abysmal, and Nightbringers left. Yeah, I'd go with Everblack probably. So then I got to take Abysmal or Nightbringers. So I'm going to base this purely <laughs> off of album art. Cover art. Wow, they're and so they're both brilliant. pretty awesome. That is another thing. That is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's another problem with this band is they've always had great cover art. Even though people oh, yeah. would argue Miasma isn't great, but I think Miasma works perfectly for the album it is. Miasma is something different for me too because it's it's basically a street shot of Vegas. And mm-hmm. that's where Emily and I went for for our honeymoon. Uh, so I have so, I have that's like, a honeymoon record. A little bit of personal ties from for that one for me too. All right, I'm gonna have to take Nightbringers just because I, I think yeah, I like the album art more, and it's only nine tracks. I might listen to that today. You should. I, I've been listening to the discography for a bit. But you're taking Abysmal as the final pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah, no, I would gladly take Abysmal. Yeah, yeah. So our teams are: I have <laughs> Miasma, Nocturnal, Unhallowed, and Nightbringers. Nightbringers. You have Verminous, yeah. Abysmal, Everblack, Ritual, and Deflorate. That's not to say that, like. I would have gladly taken any of the other ones too. You know, yeah, um, yeah. oh no, we weren't we yeah. weren't putting down any of yeah. the albums. We no, just... no. So after all that, we'll we'll get into the, like the the rest in peace portion. For a while, like for his really for his life, he's had uh Trevor had some depression and anxiety um type stuff. The, it's pretty well documented if you want to know about it. There's interviews and stuff, and uh, he talks about it pretty openly. But uh, he he dealt with that a lot in life, and uh, the pandemic lockdown stuff really put a halt on everything that they normally do for the band, which is release a record, go tour it, you know, just kind of the normal cycle of releasing music uh, and that got really put on hold. Um, and then I th- want to say it was like four or five months ago, uh, his mother passed away and that really took us, took its toll on him. I know he started doing like ketamine therapy, which is pretty experimental from what I understand. Um, but he was trying to get through some of his stuff and he was, and he wasn't drinking as much and it was just kind of a rough time for him. And uh, it hasn't been confirmed by anything that I've seen, but according to the band's post, it can be inferred that he took his own life because at the end of the post, they posted the national suicide prevention uh, lifeline phone number. Uh, Their, their post was uh, it is with, uh, it is with deep sadness that we announce the part, uh, the passing of Trevor Scott Sternad, beloved son, brother, and shepherd of good times. He was loved by all that met him, a walking encyclopedia of all things music. He was a hugger, a writer, and truly one of the world's greatest entertainers. 
His lyrics provided the world with stories and spells and horror and whimsy. It was his life to be your show. And then they put the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, uh, which is 800-273-8255. And that's really all that's been said uh, on on behalf of the band and anything credible. Uh, There's tons of videos and and um podcast episodes and we're just jumping on the train here um talking about it and talking about him but for me i kind of wanted to put this out as a way of showing respect for him uh also grieving myself um, cause like I said, we weren't great friends or anything, but we did keep in touch at least a little bit. And the last time I talked to him at all, uh, was like two years ago and definitely been going through a what if kind of scenario, uh, which really sucks to do. And it's hard, uh, for anybody but definitely wish I would have gotten in touch with him a lot more uh, because at the end of our conversation that we had, he, he would always say, just keep in touch. Uh, and he always hoped that I was doing well. He asked me what was going on with my life, um, which is wild for somebody who is playing to crowds of like 30,000 people. Uh, and going on tour with amazing bands for him to ask, you know, what's going on with my, my little life was always really cool. But you also can't, you, you can't, I know, I know, you know, that you can't do those. What ifs to you, you can't do that. What ifs to yourself, yeah, you, no. you, you, you need, you, yeah, you need to recognize that that's not. I know for a fact that that's not he would not want you to do the what if situation, and you know yourself it's not helpful. So totally, and yeah, I know that. Try to trans- just... transition it into a different, different way of grieving, maybe because that's you. You don't need to put yourself in those shoes. Yeah, for sure. I and I I know that I do, and like I said before, before I even said it, um, not like it would have possibly changed anything but it's it's one of those things that i go through whenever anybody that i care about uh passes away yeah yeah so as a podcast we would like to say rest in peace trevor uh we would like to send our condolences and sympathies to every anybody who's known him all of his family and then we would also like to say that if you are feeling any certain way that like there is no help out there that just please ask for some ask for help help is there L- like we mentioned the national suicide hotline is 1-800-273-talk 1-800-273-8255 there is help you can get help yeah and and also if anybody is listening at all and you want to talk to some random frigging guy from Michigan or some random frigging guy from Pennsylvania. Our email is open. We give it at the end of every episode. Our, our, uh, our, our Twitter DMS are open. 
Uh, you can always talk to us through that. There's the Facebook page. We will always be here to talk to anybody, to listen to anything. Not that we can give advice at all because I have only been through so much in my life. Um, but we can be here uh, for anybody who's listening. And I, I'm, I'll gladly be here for anybody who's listening um, if you're going through anything. And we will listen. And, 100%. And then we'll we'll have to ask you, are, are you listening? Are you listening? The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-8255. There is help. You can get help. It's called fucking death metal. Check it out.